Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever they'll have me, podcasts where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. And today I've put together my a people panel. I've got Betty Kempa from bettykempa.com, a career coach who helps people find their way to a a better place in life, better than where they're at, I guess, if they, if they don't like it. And I'm also joined with Rick Nicholson, who is a, a buddy of mine who owns three different restaurants and went to school to be an accountant, ended up being a marketer, and now he's a restaurateur and occasionally makes French fries, I'm sure. Fried <laughs> clams. Right? Fried <laughs> clams, right. There you go. There's the yeah. username. Um, I've, I've gathered you guys together because I, I got some, some HR people questions that people had sent in. And I knew that I needed some help with some of these questions. So Ron sent in this question. He says, my biggest challenge in operating a business is finding suitable employees. How or where do you find quality employees? How do you decipher the good ones from the bad ones? So, you know, here's a guy who uh, has a business and I, I know he has a business because I've emailed with him before. Um, and he's having a hard time finding the right people. And, uh, you know, Rick, you know, you have to hire people all the time, don't you? So why don't we kick this one off with you? Like, how do you find the right people to fill the roles in your restaurants? Well, let me talk to you about my, my uh, strategy. Okay. And actually, it comes from a famous TED Talks, uh, Simon Sinek. And I've heard people talk about start with why and all this stuff. And that was written by Simon Sinek back in 2007 or eight or whatever it was. And in his TEDx talk, he talks about the whole why principle and what it comes down to. And in, in essence, it comes down to beliefs mm. and, and, you know, when you go to university, they talk about core values as part of the mission, vision, core values and so on. But in essence, it really is just core values. But so when you're looking for what I do when I'm looking for employees is I, I take inventory of my beliefs. So I already have them figured out. I figured it out probably five years ago and whether I use it in my, my, uh, the messaging that I'm trying for recruitment or when I'm talking to somebody who's looking for a job, I try to find the alignment on the belief mm. and it doesn't have to be all of them. It just has to be a couple. And the reason I do that is inevitably there's going to be a time when I'm not there and when I'm not there and things go wrong because they always do, I need someone who's going to act more like me because they are like me. Mm. And, and oh, what ends up happening, and then what happens, and this happens a lot, is there's less conflict in the restaurants. There's less conflict with customers. They, when things do go wrong, they fix it generally the same way that I would because they're looking, they're looking for a solution that helps the customer go away happy. And uh, so that's what we do. We use a set of belief statements uh, using the marketing techniques and just writing them out you know, easily and, and creatively as much as possible. Uh, because we want to match up people with, with who we are. So you used a word there. You just, at the end, you said marketing. And, and, I, and I think that's interesting because I, I know I listened to a podcast recently and I, I can't remember who the fellow was, but he was talking about how, um, you know, when somebody sees a job ad and, they, and they're curious about that job, the first thing they do is they look up that business online. Yep. And so the job seeker is going to be looking at your business in the same way that many customers do. And they're going to be looking at the marketing and messaging and everything that, that you put out there in the world. And so it's, it's almost like when you're advertising your business to get clients, you should also be thinking about these prospective employees down the road. 
well, your employees are even more important. Yeah. Yeah. Betty, what about you? What, um, what would you like to add? I mean, like as far as finding employees. So, yeah. So from finding employee perspective, it's interesting. A couple of thoughts come to mind first, you know, I, I guess it depends on the industry, right. And, and the business, mm-hmm. but with the clients that I work with, you know, I always tell them that up to 70% of jobs come through networking. Again, wow. it, it depends on the, the business and the industry. Um, but that, the irony is that what I notice a lot of clients that I work with, a lot of the workforce out there, they are, we were saying this before, they're hesitant to network. Um, so, so a lot of people, for whatever it is, they feel uncomfortable or um, you know, they want to get out there and do that. They don't want to get out there and do that. So what I would say is think outside of just, you, you want to use your network, right? Of course, but also think outside of that a little bit because sometimes there's some amazing employees out there. They're just not tapped into your network. Um, so think outside of the box a little bit. Um, of course, I might be biased, but career course, career coaches are great resources um, for, for looking for employees. And the reason is that We've already vetted through what that person is passionate about, what their, what their personal mission statement is, what their values are, and what direction would have all the pieces of that pie. So at any given point in time, each career coach has a handful of people that are the perfect fit for some role out there, and they're just looking to get connected. Um, no, that's it's great, uh, you know, about the networking. Rick, how many employees do you have now in your businesses? 65, give or take a few on any given day. Okay. So of those people that you've hired, how many of them came to you because they knew somebody else that worked for you versus how many did you recruit sort of off the street strangers? Um, that's a tough question because of we, we purchased most of those businesses in the last two years. Okay. Uh, in, in the previous businesses that I owned, which were also restaurants, uh, I would probably say 70, 80% were referrals from internal. Okay. That's a huge number. Oh yeah. Yeah. But birds of a feather flock together. So it's easier to hire somebody's friend knowing that they're probably the same type of person as the one you already have working for you. You mean like certain characteristics, like feeling that showing up on time is important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, you, okay. Um, what is interesting to me is that a lot of the times when I get questions about, you know, finding employees and things like this is when I start talking with the entrepreneur and I start to uncover a little bit, what I often learn is that they're trying to, they're focusing a lot on the budget, right? And so is it like if someone was willing to pay more for the better employee, do you think that would be really helpful or a little bit helpful in actually finding better employees? If you're willing to pay more, like, do you think that makes a big difference? It depends. It depends mm-hmm. on, on what's going on in the supply and demand side of things with, with labor. I mean, if, if, if the supply is, 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 is you know, voluminous and, and there's no demand, then you don't need to pay more. But if there's no people to, and no one's coming through your doors to work, maybe you're not, you're not at the, that market equivalent where you need to be. So you may need to pay more for that. Now, again, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at the finances of everything and you got to look at all things being equal, what, what is that job? What does that job return as a, you know, to the business? And I, it's a hard question. I, 
you know, people, the first thing by default. Let me ask you an easier question then. Have, have you ever advertised a, a position and not gotten good candidates and then decided to re-advertise it with a higher wage? Um, maybe. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're not getting any results, you're not getting right. any results, you have to question yourself, are you below the market? And yeah. uh, I, I, I may have done that. The uh, But there are other factors. And don't forget, I mean, money is... People will always say they want more money. That's guaranteed. And mm-hmm. the question is, is, is what, they, what they really want, is it money? Because everybody would love to make 50 bucks an hour. No question. And if they're making 50, they want to make 100. Um, but at some point, money is not the motivating factor. Yeah. Okay. So it's, so it's a whole package. It's not, it's not just the money. And we opened this up with you talking about beliefs. So tell us like in practice, how does this, how does it work when people are coming into your organization with respect to the belief statement that you talked about? What do you mean? Like what happens? Like I show up, I'm going to start working for you. How, how do the beliefs and everything get, you know, sort of aligned with me? Well, if you're looking at turnover or if you're looking at um, sick days, um, I'm not a guy that calls in sick. I mean, I won't just mail it in. I'll, I'll show up sick or not. I, I've got a job to do. I'll go do it. And when we start aligning those beliefs up again, I'm hiring basically a mirror image of myself and, or as much as I possibly can. And the, the turnover is, I mean, in the restaurant industry, the turnover is about a hundred percent a year. And, and, um, my restaurants right now with, with one exception, but that's a, that's an extreme case, uh, turnover is about 25%. Wow. So, so you, so this is getting this stuff right allows you to save a ton of money on having to retrain a bunch of people. Exactly. Exactly. And what it also does, I mean, when you talk about referrals, the, the best example I had is one restaurant I sold six years ago. Uh, we had about 25 employees working there and they were all relatively young going to university or, or college or high school. And there were some, there were some, you know, mature employees there as well, but it was probably a 75, 25 split towards youth. And what ended up happening and it's dangerous. And I understand, I understood the, the cost potentially, but I had hired, uh, there was two different groups of people that became friends and I started hiring their friends. Mm. And what ended up happening was, There was a social dynamic that they weren't going to let me down. They were going to let their friends down if they didn't show up for work. Mm. And and I mean, that was probably the best team I've ever had. Um, We still talk about every once in a while when I see some of these kids, you know, at restaurants now that are off doing other careers. But so there is that dynamic that, that, you know, that positive side that if you hire people's friends, you, you get more work out of them. Right. So, you know, Ron's question is how or where do you find quality employees? So we've been talking about advertising and networking. Um, Do either of you have experience with like going and trying to poach someone from someplace else? Yeah, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that before my coaching days and before my corporate days, I was in retail 
So I was actually out in stores and I, I remember that a lot of recruitment effort happened through district managers or, or recruiters coming into stores and just truly recognizing immeasurable customer service. I mean, there's just something there at the core that no matter what the product is that you're selling or the client is that you're working with, um, it's just that that um, customer service level that they would recognize. So that's um, something that's going to translate. Um, so it's almost like, you know, I, I would imagine you'd want to approach everyday interactions with a new set of eyes. And to your, to your point as well, just looking for people that really embody the values and the mission that you've set forth for your business. You can tell that when you're interacting with somebody. Mm. You know, it's interesting back one of my earlier careers was as a sales rep for the yellow pages back um, before Google was, you know, the thing it is today. And people had to go look in the phone book to find local businesses. I remember I would call on, on business owners and managers all the time. And one of the things that I began to notice is that people would be asking me, like, are you happy doing this? Because mm. they would, I would come in and I would handle their account and they would be trying to attract me to go work for them. And I, I, you know, I, I found it very flattering that people would be asking these questions. Um, but I, I guess really this is one of the key ways that you can go and find those people that you think are going to be the right fit is just by having your eyes and ears open, right? Yeah. Um, one of the value statements or belief statements that I have that I actually share with potential employees um, is uh, I believe karma's a bitch and I work really hard not to upset her. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so I actually have never poached an employee, uh, not consciously anyways, um, because I do believe it does come back to you. So if, if someone wants to work for me and they, you know, they see that I've got an ad out there and they're working somewhere else and they raise their hand that they want to talk, I'll, I'll have no problem talking to them, but I'm not, I'm not going to go into other businesses and do that. Uh, I've had other businesses do that to me, mm. but but again, if we create the white, I don't think I've ever lost employee to poaching either. So, so I guess, you know, karma is the bitch that way. The, the last line of Ron's question is how do you decipher the good ones from the bad ones? So, you know, we talked about marketing and how we present ourselves to the, to the, the pool of people out there looking for jobs. But, you know, sometimes the people who come in to apply for a job, and I know a person, one person in particular who, I've, I've known for a long time and, and they, you know, present very well. And I guess, you know, you know where this is going. They present very well, but then once they get in someplace, then, then things start to go off the rails. And so what are some of the tips or tricks that you guys can think of that, that would allow you to kind of spot who these bad apples might be? I mean, from my standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, I, you know, it makes me think of one of the assessments I run with people where we're measuring a, the combination of their motivators, their, their interests, and their skills. Um, but I do think it goes back to what motivates them. So are you motivated by money? Are you motivated by freedom, by autonomy, right? Everybody's got these different little drives within them. So, you know, good apple, bad apple, I'm not sure, but, but I think it's from a coaching perspective, whatever they're motivated by, does my business have some of that that I would be able to offer them? Mm. What, what about like tests? Rick, have you ever considered using some of those uh, like personality tests or anything like that in your hiring process? I have. Um, we, we did a test on a couple of them 
and they they i mean they give interesting results i, I don't know if they were ever actionable for me mm. uh we actually did talk at one point and then when i looked at the cost and you know there's always that question of well what's the cost of a new trained employee and versus the cost of doing the tests and honestly i, I can't say that they're great or they're not great because i haven't given it enough work um because of the type of roles that we have uh you know, what, what are the most important things we want we want people to to be caring we want people to uh to, to show up to work on time we want them you know we want them to take care of not only their customers but their coworkers. um at the end of the day we can do that in simple simple uh, conversations um and and i you know i don't ask people well do you care right because they're always going to say of course i care right so i'll ask stupid questions like you know, tell me, tell me like the most difficult thing you've gone through and, and they'll talk about that. Maybe it's their grandmother who passed away. And I'm like, well, how did that make you feel? And I'll just have a conversation because I just want to get yeah. to know them as a person. Yeah. Right? And I got to understand like, and oh, what the best question, I know HR people will probably say that I'm an idiot and I should never do this, but I just use it by example. I'll be like, you know, tell me, tell me about your last job. And they'll start telling me about it. And nine times out of 10, I know the owner where they used to work. It's like, <laughs> I, I can't work all the time. And, and I'll say, oh, okay. So, so if I call Paul right now, like, what would he say about you? And if I start seeing stutter stabs and, you know, retreating, it's like, oh, okay, Paul doesn't like That's this good. person. Really <laughs> <like> That's <laughs> good. <laughs> all right. So, so Ron sounds like he's pretty frustrated. What, what would be a couple of key pieces of advice? Betty, what would you say to Ron if, if he were in front of you asking about this challenge about yeah. finding someone? Yeah. So at what, and I just wanted to add on, I like what you said about behavioral based questions are really good. The tell me about a time, because then you really start to see the way that people handle situations that they're in. And it, it can be hard for people to kind of fake that, you know, versus, yeah, I care. It's tell me about a time when X, Y, Z. Um, you know, asking those questions, aligning somebody that, um, you know, is, has values and, and missions similar to your organization, um, going around with a new set of filter, you know, kind of looking at people that you meet in a different way. Um, yeah, for sure. Using your network. Um, but, but try to get creative. Think a little bit outside of the box there too, because there are people out there that could be the perfect fit for your role. Um, you just have to, you know, think outside of the box a little bit, and use other resources too. I mean, um, you know, networking with career coaches. We have handfuls of people that would be perfect for your business potentially. Mm. It's, it's a it's a great option that that I really wasn't even aware of. I mean. I know that within the sort of the HR career sphere, I mean, I've been aware of people who've been recruiters and, and you know, the headhunters and all this kind of thing, but I, I wasn't really aware, you know, I guess you hear about it when people are being downsized, right? That they, there's outplacement agencies, isn't that what they've typically been called where they, they help people find new roles. And so would, would you say that uh, the career coaching work you do is kind of a parallel to what an outplacement agency would do? similar. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm kind of vetting people, you know, I'm figuring out what, what's their mission statement, what are their values, what motivates them, what are their skills, and we're doing all that so we can narrow down what the perfect path is for them, and then they're sitting there with that perfect path, and, and we're trying to connect them to the right business, so yeah. Okay, great, and so what would you say to Ron? Um, I've, a couple things, I would say don't trust your gut, because your gut will lie to you on this one. Um, really? Okay. 
sometimes the best employee is a terrible interviewer and, and the worst employee or the best or the worst employee is a great interviewer. They're, they've gotten a lot of practice at it. So <laughs> not pay attention okay. to that. Um, and then, and then just look at, I mean, decide what kind of, what kind of skill you need for this role. If it's a low skill or mid skill, that's easily trainable. So you're just looking for somebody who's smart enough that can pick it up. And if it's high skill, well, then you got to start matching the skills and making sure that that, that works as well. Yeah. And Betty, what, what would be your final parting piece of advice to Ron? Yeah. I mean, I think, yes, yeah, skill level most definitely. But I think again, it, it just comes down to, I, I like what you were saying about finding somebody similar to how you operate, who you are at your core, your mission, your values. Um, that's the stuff that's important because, um, people are trainable, right? So they need to have a certain level of skills, but at the end of the day, you want them to be behaving from a certain set of guidelines and values um, that's parallel to you. Yeah, it's really about allowing people to feel like they're part of a team or a family, right? That we're all here together and we're we're held together by the same kinds of things. And, you know, it's interesting because a trend that I've seen more and more often is I do some volunteer work and I'm, some of the people that I'm volunteering with, they're, they're like recording their hours and things. And they're actually being paid by their employer for a certain number of volunteer hours mm-hmm. uh, every month. And it's because the employer has like a community development, you know, uh, project or goal maybe that, you know, they want the company to have so many hours of community service and helping people in the community. And I think it's, it's along the same trend of allowing people to feel like they're doing something greater than like fixing the roof, right? Is, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you guys so much. Betty, if people want to find more, more about you and how you help people with career coaching, how can they find you online? Yeah. Visit me at Betty Kempa, K-E-M-P-A.com. And you can download my free surefire guide to finding your passion. Awesome. And Rick, you work with entrepreneurs on marketing issues and, and our a plethora of knowledge about the restaurant business. How can people reach out to you if they want to learn more and talk with you? Um, you can reach me. I'm going to give you my personal email because uh, we've talked a lot about different things today. That's not necessarily marketing. Uh, it's Rick Nicholson. So it's just Rick and Nicholson is N I C H O L S O N three, six, nine at gmail.com. Awesome. And you know, if people want to find me is of course it's David C at where you should go right now and sign up for my email list because I send out emails all the time and you'll never miss a new video if you're on the list. And with that, I'll say thank you too and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Thanks.